Thank you. Thank you, audience. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. And all of you that are watching by way of television or on your iPad or iPhone or whatever it is you're watching, thank you for tuning in today. And I trust that as you give me your undivided attention, that the lesson today is going to be such an inspiration to your life. We're talking about walking in divine favor. Now, if you have been uh, a faithful follower of this ministry, you know that this is my favorite subject, the favor of God. I love talking about God's favor. It's one of the first things God taught me when I came to him uh, way back in 1969. I'd never heard anybody talk about the favor of God. I didn't even know it existed until the Lord began to share with me and made this statement. Now, many of you in the audience have heard me say this before, but I wrote it in my journal in 1969, and I didn't tell anybody because I'd just come to the Lord. And I thought, I'm not going to tell anybody this. They'll think I'm nuts, you know? And uh, it was years later before I ever shared what the Lord said to me. He said, I'm going to teach you how to walk in my favor, and there'll come a time when your name will be known around the world for the favor of God on your life, and I'll hold you responsible for teaching others how to walk in it just as you do. Well, that has come true. Amen. If there's any one thing that this ministry, me personally, is known for is the favor of God. I believe it's one of those subjects that you just can't hear enough. So, you know, I know you've heard me teach on it, those of you that are in the audience today, and uh, I know you've read the books and the curriculum that we have on the favor of God, but it never hurts to hear it again. Amen? Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, pay attention, this is for you. <laughs> Amen? And all of you at home now, don't let anything distract you, okay? You are somebody special to God. That's what I want to start with. You are somebody special to God. Let that sink in. You know, I, I have had a revelation of that for almost 47 years now. In fact, by the time you see this broadcast, it will be 47 years ago that I began this walk with God. And it amazes me that there are still people in the body of Christ that are not yet convinced of that, that there's somebody special to God. You know, I'm not special because of anything I've done. I'm not special because Jerry, Jesus, both start with a J. You know, I mean, that may have something to do with it. I'm not sure. No, I'm not special because I was born on the 24th of December and Jesus the 25th. You know, no, it has nothing to do with anything in the natural. I'm special because God thinks so. I am so special. You're so special that he was willing to send heaven's best to redeem our lives. Hallelujah. Think about that. He sent heaven's best, his very own son. And he sent him to show you how much he loved you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that means you're special. So I want you to go around saying, I must be special to God. Get that down on the inside of you. You're special to God. In fact, in the mind of God, you're his most prized possession. Think about that. Of all the things that God has ever created, the universe, the worlds, the heaven, the moon, the stars. You know, uh, America is such a, uh, an amazing country. I've, I've been able to tour it on a motorcycle, just about from one end to the other, from the East Coast, the West Coast, the North, the South. And I'm telling you, it is a beautiful nation with the mountains, the oceans, the rivers, the streams, the, 
I mean, everywhere I've, I've, I've had the privilege of going, I see the handiwork of God. You know, I've been riding my motorcycle through Colorado, and every time I'd make another turn, I'd think, it couldn't get any more beautiful. Then you turn again, and it's even prettier than that. And I can't help but think, God made this. My daddy made all this, you know, my heavenly father. I remember one time I was riding in Colorado, and there was a big sign on the side of the mountain, and it said, if God doesn't live in Colorado, he must spend a lot of time here, you know, because you look at the handiwork, and you can't help but think how magnificent our God really is. But of everything God has ever created, in his mind, you're his most prized possession. Think about that. You're his most prized possession. If for some reason you don't think that you're special to God, then I'm going to tell you something. You'll never live a life of victory. Until you get a revelation of that, you will never live a life of victory. The primary reason why so many Christians live in defeat is simply because they don't know the truth about the way God sees them. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The Amplified Bible says it this way, they are destroyed because they have rejected knowledge. And you know, I've discovered that in preaching from one end of, of this planet to the other, that there are many, many people, I'm talking about Christian people, who reject the truth. You know, they, they prefer to hold on to religious tradition. And Jesus made the statement uh, one time, speaking to the religious leaders of his day. He said, your traditions have made the word of God of no effect. In other words, if you hold to a religious tradition rather than the word of God, then the word of God will have no effect in your life. Uh, they refuse to believe what the Bible says about them. And you know, one of the most famous religious traditions that people tend to hold to is there's none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We know there was a time that that was true. There was none righteous, no, not one. Amen. But that's the story of the cross. That's the reason God sent his son, because there was none righteous, not one. But because God wanted to redeem us and because God was not satisfied with Satan controlling our lives because of what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, then he sent his son. And the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you might want to turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. I want you to see this on your Bible, your own Bible, so you know that I'm not making this up. For he hath made him. Now this is talking about God made his own son to become sin for us. Now let me ask you a question. Did Jesus ever commit any sin? Never. He was sinless, but he was willing to be made sin. The Bible says God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin for this reason, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. I'm telling you what a revelation. When you begin to understand that Jesus went to the cross so that you could have right standing with God. That's what righteousness is. It's just an old English word, and it simply means having right standing with God. It means that you have the right and the privilege to stand in the presence of God as though sin has never occurred. 
It gives you the right to stand in the presence of God without a sense of fear, without a sense of guilt, without a sense of inferiority. It means that you can stand in the presence of God just like Adam and Eve did before sin ever occurred. In fact, the Bible says, He remembers your sins no more. Isn't that wonderful? He remembers your sins no more. If you were to go to God and say, you know, God, way back there, you know, that, that horrible thing that I did, and God would say to you, I don't know what you're talking about. That's all under the blood. You know, Satan wants you to think that God is against you, that God's holding out because of something you did. That's not true because he, Jesus, was made to be sin for you so that you could have right standing with God. So once again, <clears throat> the Amplified Bible in Hosea 4, 6 says that God's people are destroyed because they have rejected knowledge. You know, years ago, back in the early 70s, I was invited to come and speak in Little Rock, Arkansas. And when I got there, uh, I assumed that it was going to be a charismatic church, you know, because that was kind of the group that I was flowing with. And when I got there, I found out it was a Methodist church. And so uh, this revelation of righteousness was so fresh on the inside of me that that's what I, I was preaching everywhere I went. And of course, that led into the favor of God, because once you know you have right standing with God, then why wouldn't you have favor with him? That's right. Okay, so I'm preaching on the righteousness of God. And I was in that Methodist church for three nights. Now, the pastor, you know, Methodist pastor, and uh, he seemed to be enjoying everything I was saying. And, and I, could, I could tell that some of the things I was saying didn't go al along with some of his Methodist tradition. And so at the end of the first service, I gave an invitation for people to receive salvation, to be saved. And the first one who responded was the pastor. The pastor came forward. I thought, well, maybe he didn't understand the invitation, you know? So I said, pastor, do you understand? I'm inviting people to be saved. He said, yes. I said, you're the pastor. Aren't you saved? He said, not like what you're talking about. <laughs> he said, I want what you got. I said, okay, let's pray. Praise God. He realized that some of his religious tradition had caused him to live way beneath his privileges as a child of God. So, you know, it's one thing not to know. I think that's, that's, you know, bad enough not to know, but to hear the truth and then reject it, that's even worse to me. You know, there are people that, that won't um, believe that speaking in other tongues is a valid New Testament experience for people today. Well, our church told us that tongues are of the devil. Well, I've got some news for you. Your church is wrong. Right. Amen. Amen. It's not of the devil. It's from God. If you read the book of Acts, it wasn't the devil that fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues. It was the Holy Ghost that fell on them and they began to speak in other tongues. But you know, religious tradition won't accept that. Religious tradition wants us to be worms and dogs in the sight of God. But that's not what we are, praise God. We're the righteousness of God. Somebody shout, I'm the righteousness of God. Amen. So that means you have right standing with God. So lay hold upon that truth and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Jesus made this statement in Mark chapter 7 and verse 8. He said that they had laid aside the commandment of God or the word of God in order to hold to the traditions of men. In other words, the religious leaders in Jesus' day 
preferred to hold on to religious traditions rather than hear the truth. And then verse 9 says that ye may keep your own tradition. You know, I remember uh, preaching uh, in a, in a uh, denominational church many years ago. And uh, the pastor told me when I went in, he said, no, Brother Jerry, uh, we, we love your ministry, but, you know, we don't flow in the same stream. We're from this particular denomination. And he said, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk about praying in tongues. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk about healing the sick. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk about casting out devils. I said, well, sir, you just told me don't preach the gospel. <laughs> He said, well, no, there's other parts in the gospel. I said, but Jesus said that we are to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. He said, well, don't preach that here. I said, well, then you, you just told me don't come to the pulpit because I'm not promising you that that won't come out of me because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and that's what's in me in abundance. And I'm telling you in a few minutes, I was casting out devils. I was laying hands on the sick and the pastor got baptized in the Holy Ghost, praise God, and became a tongue talker. Hallelujah. Amen. But you see what he was doing? He was holding to his tradition. You know, I remember him telling me after the service, you probably just cost me my position at this church. I said, well, welcome to freedom. Hallelujah. Welcome to freedom. Praise God. I'm glad I was here to help you lose your job. Amen. Amen. So once again, if your traditions don't line up with the word of God, then let go of the tradition, not the word of God. Amen. It's the word that sets you free. Traditions won't heal you. Traditions won't set you free. Traditions won't pay you bills. It's the Word of God that will set you totally free. Amen? So, once again, the Bible says that Jesus was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. For you to go around saying, well, I couldn't be righteous. Now, I want you to stop and think about this because what I'm about to say is strong. It may, it may sting a little bit, but for you to keep going around saying, I couldn't be righteous, there's no way I'm righteous, then you're denying the work of the cross. You're saying what Jesus did at Calvary didn't work. You're denying the blood. You're denying his sacrifice. And that's a serious indictment. I mean, you don't want to go around saying, I'm not righteous because what you're really saying is the blood didn't work. His death didn't work. His sacrifice didn't work. Well, yes, it did work, yes, praise sir. God. So if it worked, then you're the righteousness of God. Now remember, your righteousness is not based on anything you did. Right. You didn't earn it. It's not based on what kind of uh, uh, good Christian you are. It's based entirely on what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen? Amen. And yet there are thousands of Christians all over the world that still reject the fact that that they've been made the righteousness of God. Amen. And that's sad. And I'm telling you, right. most of the people that I've ever heard go around saying that I couldn't be righteous, there's none righteous, those people live in defeat. They're not living in victory, they're living in defeat. So that means they're rejecting knowledge. And consequently, the result of that is a defeated lifestyle. Righteousness, once again, simply means right standing with God. Say it again, I have right standing with God. I have right Amen. And a revelation of that is a must if you truly want to live 
a victorious lifestyle. You must have a revelation of the fact that you have right standing with God. And one of the beautiful things about having right standing with God is that you also have favor with Him. Now, I want you to listen, or you might want to turn with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8, and we're going to look at something David said. I see David perhaps standing out on the balcony of the palace. You know, he was king, and uh, he's probably standing out on the balcony one night, looking up into the heaven, seeing the stars, the moon, and he just got caught up in the handiwork of God. And then he says in this psalm, in verse 3, When I considered thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Now, David is perhaps standing out on the balcony, looking up and seeing all the handiwork of God, and suddenly it dawns on him, why would such a magnificent being have anything to do with the likes of man? And God answers that for him and says that he has made man a little lower than the angels, and that is a mistranslation, because in the little Hebrew, it's a little lower than Elohim, and that is a name for God. I guess the translators were just a little afraid to say that man was made just a little lower than God. We're created in a higher level than the angels. We have been created a little lower than Elohim, which is the creator. Amen? So notice he says, God says to him, I created you a little lower than myself. And then I crowned you with glory and honor. Yeah. Now, you remember in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, it says, And God made man in his own image and in his own likeness. Well, that would mean that man was created a little lower than God himself. You see, creation will never become greater than creator. Amen. Amen. So we're a little lower. But we've been crowned with glory and honor. Now, glory here is translated or defined as distinguished. God created you to be distinguished. God wants you to stand out in the crowd. How? Because he's put his blessing on your life. He's given you favor. We'll talk about that a little later, how he did that with Abraham and how it caused him to become extremely distinguished. Hallelujah. You know, when you're living in the favor of God and you know how to appropriate it in your life, eventually there are going to be so many manifestations of favor that it will cause you to stand out in the crowd. It will cause you to become distinguished. You will become known for it, praise God. People will say, that guy, in fact, I've been told this for over 45 years now. They didn't know it was favor. They called it luck. That Jerry Savelle's the luckiest guy I ever met. It's not luck, folks. It's the favor of God. But at least they knew I was different. Hallelujah. Amen. God wants you to be different. Amen. Different. In fact, did you know Peter calls you peculiar? He says you're a peculiar people. That doesn't mean strange and weird. It means God's special treasure. You're God's special treasure. I think that deserves a shout. Amen? Praise God. So God created us a little lower than himself, and he crowned us with glory and honor. 
That word, once again, means distinguished. Psalm 119, verse 73 says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Think about that. God himself fashioned you. The Amplified Bible says, Cunningly fashioned me. And the word cunningly means in an attractive manner. Man, I'm telling you, you, you may not think you're all that great, but God does. Hallelujah. Other people may not think you're all that great, but God does. Now, don't get high-minded. <laughs> you know, don't, the Bible says don't let any man think any higher than he ought to. The only reason you're great is because God made you that way. You're not self-made. You know, you're not special because you made it happen. You're special because God did it. Hallelujah. So once again, he's, he's fashioned you in an attractive manner. He's crowned you with glory and also with honor. And that word honor means with dignity and respect. You know, God, God took great length in making you. The Bible says when he made Adam that he fashioned him from the dust of the earth. I mean, you know, God already had an inner image of what he wanted man to look like. And then he took the dust of the earth and fashioned him. And ladies, he even went a step further with you. Praise God. <laughs> In fact, uh, when Adam saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. And she became woman. Hallelujah. Whoa, man. <laughs> Amen. That's just my own little revelation there. Amen. <laughs> That's what I think of my, my, my wife. Whoa, man. Look what he made for me. Hallelujah. Amen. So he created us with honor and dignity and with respect. And when you get a revelation of how God sees you, then your whole life will change. Amen. Your life will change. Your days of failure and defeat will be over. So once again, God considers you his most prized possession. He's made you to have right standing with him. And along with that right standing, he has given you his favor. That means, praise God, that you can expect this favor to show up everywhere you go. It's on you 24-7. You, you, you need to learn how to walk in it, though. It's one thing to know you have it, but it's something else knowing how to walk in it. And that's what I want to teach you. Our time is up right now. Watch this special announcement, and I'll be back with some closing remarks. And don't forget now, we're going to be teaching on this for four weeks, so you make your plans to join us each and every week, okay? Watch this announcement. I'll be back in just a moment. God's amazing favor on His people can open doors, change rules, bring promotion, and cause you to excel in every way. In the book, Walking in Divine Favor, Jerry Savelle shares revelation knowledge about just how favored you are. You can learn to walk in expectancy of doors being opened that otherwise seem impossible. There is no limit to what God's favor can do in your life. In the three CD teaching, Expect God's Favor in Your Life, Jerry Savelle shares biblical insight and personal examples of God's favor that will cause you to walk in a higher level of this life-changing spiritual force. Discover how God has surrounded you with a shield of favor that will protect you from the enemy's attacks and bring you increase. Request the Walking in Divine Favor package, including Walking in Divine Favor and Expect God's Favor in Your Life today. Don't wait, call, or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Develop your faith and expectation for God's favor to manifest today.
there's just so much time I have on the broadcast to teach on this. And even with teaching it, you know, on a, uh, four weeks, uh, there's still not enough time to get into all the things the Lord has taught me about the favor of God. That's the reason we put these resources together for your benefit so that you can sit down and read the book, listen to the CDs so that it becomes a revelation to you. So let me encourage you to place your order right away for the book, Walking in Divine Favor, and three CDs on the same subject, Expecting God's Favor in Your Life. I'm telling you, they're powerful resources that will help you get a revelation of how to walk in the favor of God. And once again, when you learn how to do this, your life will never be the same. You know, I love receiving uh, testimonies from people that watch the broadcast. And here's one that says, uh, this is from Paul from uh, Minnesota. And he says, at the end of November 2015, I got a $12,000 raise out of the blue. No one else in my department got one. Thank you, Brother Jerry, for teaching me on favor. You know, that's what the favor of God will do. It'll single you out. It'll open doors that no man can shut. One of the, one of the benefits of the favor of God is uh, promotion, praise God, privilege. Uh, the favor of God will happen and cause things to happen in your life that's not happening to anybody else. I like to say that when the favor of God is in manifestation, one of the most common uh, remarks you'll hear is this. People will say, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just smile when people say that because I know I'm about to experience the favor of God. On, Amen. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, I'm quite sure this boss come in there and said, you know, I don't know why, Paul, I'm doing this, but you're getting a $12,000 raise. And no one else in that department got one. That's the favor of God. Somebody say, what a coincidence. Well, it would be a coincidence if it only happened once, but when it happens over and over and over, it's now the favor of God. Amen. Here's another testimony from uh, someone in Louisville, Kentucky. 2015 was a year of supernatural provision, just as you prophesied, Brother Jerry. God blessed me with so many things that I desired, and being able to pay a high tax bill in full, uh, I was even able to take three vacations when I've never had one previous to that. Thank God for your teaching on the favor of God, on the blessing of God, and supernatural provision. I am praising God for His faithfulness today. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. So I want to encourage you to write your testimonies, particularly those that, that you know it was the favor of God in manifestation. We love favored testimony. We love to hear them all. But if you know you've had a testimony where the favor of God has manifested in your life, please contact our office so that we can share it with others. It will help inspire them to believe God that his favor is going to show up for them as well. I also want to thank all of our partners. Partners, you mean so much to this ministry. We couldn't do everything that we do all over the world if it wasn't for our faithful partners. Your gifts each and every month enable us to reach out to millions of people all over the world. This television program is being shown in over 200 nations. We're continually expanding 
and we're believing God to, to even reach more markets. And your partnership is what enables us to do that. So thank you, partners. We appreciate you. And we pray for you. And we stand with you uh, in faith, according to what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, that his partners were entitled to become partakers of the grace that was on his life. Well, the same favor that's on me, I believe is on you, praise God. And you're going to begin to walk in it just like I do. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, audience, for being here. We'll see you again next week. And until then, Jerry Savelle reminding you that your faith will overcome the world.